Hey, New Life family, welcome to the weekly podcast. We want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening. We hope this message encourages you and helps you in some way today move forward in your relationship with Christ and others. We pray God blesses you wherever you are today. Now enjoy the message. Amen. Thank you for that. How many is ready to hear the word this morning? I said, how many are you ready to hear the word this morning? I mean, I'm going to need something a little louder than that, man, because I'm going to go home. Y'all give me something better. How many is ready to hear the word this morning? Yes. Good. I hope you are. Listen, we're so thankful, uh, Brother Ryan, you and your family coming out and serving us. We are so grateful, um, especially my wife and I during this time that she's off. So can we just uh, honor them with a hand clap of... Uh, just a hand clap for coming out. Yes. You and your family, we love you guys, and you guys do an amazing job leading, and so it doesn't miss a heartbeat. So um, I am ready for the word. Are you? Okay, I got a couple people. I mean, if y'all don't wake up, I'm about to start throwing some water or this microphone. I, I dropped it on the ground, but I'm going to throw it at somebody else. How many ready to hear the word? Okay, okay, okay. We got a few. We got a few. So this morning, um, I'm going to be preaching along the lines of protect what God is doing. Protect what God is doing. And we will actually be in the book of Revelation. So listen, hey, 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 hey. I know you hear Revelation. You're like, oh, man, uh -uh, this dude about to be off on some deep end stuff. Listen, uh, 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 it's it's not that. It won't be that. But we're going to be in the book of Revelation. I think I've actually only preached out of the book of Revelation like once. I don't go there too many times because, uh, you know, it spooks me out sometimes too. So uh, we're going to be spooked out together today. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just make sure you guys are awake. <clears throat> but we're going to be in the book of Revelation. And <clears throat> what I felt the Lord leading me to from this text is just really honing in on what God has been doing in our church. I, I feel it was specific uh, as he downloaded this word to me just from just from where we have been at, you know, just really these last a few months or so. Um, and we will be, we'll jump to Exodus and then I'm going to read uh, briefly in Matthew. So, um, but from this text that we will get into, what I just felt like is like, um, and you'll see from the reading of it, is just that um, God has given us something to carry. He's, he's given us something to carry. And, and what I could just relate it to was just this birthing of what he's doing. You know, we, not to use the cliche uh, statement of uh, it's a new season, but how many just recognize that God is doing something different? Amen. Okay, a few people recognize it. That's okay. We'll get the rest of them on board. We'll get them to the altar. We'll get them on board too. Listen, as God has placed upon us, just the spirit of revival to carry, as we know the pastors have just been uh, uh, pouring into us about. Listen, sometimes even though we don't know the fullness of it is, we must cultivate it rightly. And through this, through the scripture and what I have today, we're going to get there. And um, and I don't know, it was, it, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, how things line up, you know, as they asked me to uh, speak this Sunday and then, you know, we obviously, you know, a few weeks ago uh, had the birth of our new son. And just reflecting and uh, upon that, it was just like all I kept hearing from just this, this, these, these moments of what we've been as a church is just birthing. Of God has dis- deposited something within us. And see, and what we must understand is this. 
you know, what we must understand is it's just not a project. See, a project is that you can put something on a piece of paper, you can map it out, and this are, these are the ways of what is going. Understand during this time of just birthing, we may not know exactly what it is or what the next steps will look at, but we must cultivate it rightly. And it's funny because, uh, uh, you know, of course, we just had, you know, our baby boy. And, you know, if I can just relate it to this, uh, uh, you know, you, you don't know what they're going to look like until they're here. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, my friends here can just testify just, you know, a few years ago to them. And, and so many of you know my wife, you know, she's not here. So, you know, I can just uh, talk about this a little bit. So a lot of you know her and, you know, <laughs> leading up to uh, this moment of our uh, jet coming, she's just like, what, what do you think he's going to look like? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell the future. I can't. Hold on. Give me one second. Hey, God, what is he going to look like? You know, she was just like, hey, what do you think he's going to look like? And I'm like, man, the only thing I got is, you know, he can look like, you know, somewhere like Phoenix. That's all we got to go by. And, you know, you know her, she's just, oh, it's going to have hair. What's the eye color going to look like? You know, all these different things. And, and see, when it comes to birthing, you just don't know what's going to look like. You know, uh, you know, they, they come out and sometimes you're looking like, what is wrong with this head? Like, you know, you're just like, no, that's not mine. I think you got the wrong one. You know what I mean? For those that have experienced this, you you know they come out and it's just like, oh man, uh, that 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 that's not mine. You know, like uh, we need to redo this or something. You know, but because you just don't know what it's going to look like, but understand that's okay. And we we what I feel is God has been putting some in us just this just this birthing of the spirit of revival. We may not know what it looks like. But we must trust him through the process, amen? And here's the thing. We must cultivate it rightly because if not, we won't properly protect what has been born. Hear me this morning. We must have an ear to hear and stay aware of what he's doing. And from our text, as we're about to get into it, what I can think about and this, uh, 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 this set of scriptures that we're going to be in, it's going to be in Revelation um, 12 is where we're going to be at if you want to start turning there. And, and here's the thing. What I can think about is it's kind of like uh, dreams. There's different perspectives. Listen, I don't really dream much. I, I don't, you know. If you want some dreamers, there's several of, of here that can, uh, uh, that can help you with that. But there's different angles of dreams, and in this uh, set of scriptures that we'll be in, there's just this, pers- this there's this 360 perspective. There's different angles that uh, you can see. Um, just really, honestly, the the book of Revelation in, because the thing is, the book of Revelation, it's a message. It was a message for the church who initially received it. It was also for the church that has interpreted since then. It's also an interpretation of the pressing on the church today. If you, do, you can read it. There's, there's things today. And then it also has a definite realm of fulfillment. There's, there, there's so many angles that it can be in. And so this morning, I want to approach this in the light of a parable. And, and, and if you stay with me, we'll, we'll, you'll see what I mean. We're going to approach this in a light of a parable. It's kind of like, uh, you know, 
there's all kind of parables throughout the Bible. You know, we have John and John chapter 10. We have a parable that Jesus give about the sheep, the shepherd, the gate and the door. So we're like, we sit there, you read it, you're like, okay, which one is Jesus? And then you read it, and, and in that scripture, Jesus is like, well, I'm the shepherd. And you're like, okay, well, well, who is the gate? And Jesus is like, well, I'm the gate. You know, it was the whole perspective of that. It wasn't that Jesus was just one thing. It was showing that there was different angles of who he is. And this morning, that's where we're going to see this uh, set of scriptures in the light of this. And so Revelation 12, verse 1. This is where we're going to start at. Listen, I have quite a few scriptures in Revelation, even in, in Exodus, because I knew some of you probably uh, didn't get your Bible reading this week, so I'm going to help you out. We're going to get a head start. So in Revelation 12, verse 1, it's going to read this. Stay with me. We're going to go somewhere this morning. Amen. In verse 1, it says, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out and labored and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. Verse 4, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Listen, I'm going to tell you here. You know, if you, you're like, man, you know, sometimes just reading the Bible is boring. Listen, this is better than sci-fi right here. I mean, you got a dragon with this, all these heads and stuff like this. You want some sci-fi? Pick up Revelation, okay? Listen, the Bible's not boring. You are. I'm just kidding. Listen. Verse 5, it says, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. She has a place prepared by God. It's going to be significant here. That they should feed her their 1,260 days. And in verse 7, it says, and war broke out in heaven. You have Michael coming with his, you know, all his gadgets and his angels, and they fought the dragon. That's not in the Bible. But it says, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, amen, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with them. And then we're going to jump down to verse 13 here. It says, now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. From the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. That he may cause her to be carried away by the flood. But verse 16. But the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened his mouth. Swallowed up the flood. Which the dragon has spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Who keep the commandments of God. Who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You still with me? You're still with me. You may sit there and ask, how come you read this passage? And in reality, I'll be honest, I don't know. 
No, I'm just kidding. I want to tell you. But I want to show you the enemy's idea, ideal environment, is to consume something when it's in infancy. Stay with me here. Our text read, the woman was given birth. And then you have the dragon. The dragon was at her feet. And listen here. I tell you what. We was in that room, you know, my wife and, and I'm there, get there and stuff. And when she was, uh, when uh, at the time of, of being birth, I'm telling you what, if I would have saw a dragon on me, we would have been fighting up in that mother. Like, you better back off. Get the picture. She's about to have a child and the dragon is at her feet. Ugh, devil, you get out of here. See, at a time when we're together corporately, we feel this amazing presence. Then we're leaving. Sometimes we're like, well, well hold up. There's some interference I'm feeling there. What's that going on? One moment being in his mighty presence with God, and the next we're like, where did he go? Or what in the world is the enemy already fighting, hitting me with something? The moment walking out the doors and getting in the car, like, I was just in his presence, and now you already hit me? Like, man, give me a back off, give me a break. Huh. See, when we had stepped out of just this, uh, uh, the moments of, oh, yeah, we have some good service, services and until this birthing of something into the spirit realm the enemy doesn't stay quiet let me warn you there he would love to devour what we are birthing if we would let him church we cannot take our foot off the gas because the enemy would like to stop it now but understand we must stay pressing for what God is birthing in us as new life we must keep pressing and contending for this spirit of revival so as we read she gives birth to something. It, and just look. So she birthed, and there was an infant born, okay? And the scripture reference, listen, reading the scripture, this is also, when you look at it, it's also viewed of the summary of the life of Jesus. We know that he was the one to rule the world with the rod iron. In verse 5 in Revelation 12, it says, She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was called up to God. And his throne. We know Jesus was born. He, he went through death. He went through burial and resurrection. And then caught up in the ascension to rule in heavenly places. You can look at this as a summary of Jesus' life here. And this is making it applicable to us in the lens of a parable. I want you to see with me this morning. See what I believe is being born here has great significance to where God has us and even where he has placed us in this community and in this city, amen? Huh. That's why the enemy wants to snuff out while it's in infancy. We see certain aspects that doors are opening with some opportunities in schools. We see the word come in the past over just a younger generation burning for the Lord. We see even some prodigals, ones that we've been praying for, returning unto the Lord. We see his mighty words breaking off in people's lives. Listen, we see him doing healings and twin and even in our other sister. We see him doing things here in new life. Be encouraged and let your faith rise, for he is doing something. We cannot stop pressing now, amen. We've seen some things, but we can't stop there because there's even greater things to be done. Huh? Listen, the child was born. His mandate was to rule the world 
with the rod of iron. How do we protect what God is birthing? We get it caught up in heavenly places, amen? <laughs> if we stay down here in the earthly realm, we will not value what God is speaking to us and allow the natural circumstances around us to smother the works that God is doing through us. As we come and we have these amazing services, I get it. We have jobs, we have school, we have family to tend for, and all these other things. But hear me, we can't let our mind come out of heavenly places because our hands have to take care of natural things. We have to stay engaged by our daily devotion with him. See, the infant was called up to God to sit on his throne. And I said, the dragon here was cast out of heavenly places. How do we stay out of warfare? I'm going to tell you. Stay in heavenly places where the dragon was, 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 was kicked out of. Where the enemy was kicked out of. How do we stay out of so much of this warfare? We have to stay in these heavenly places. You may ask, well, well, well how is that? And I'm going to help you. We have to live in the throne room huh, to protect what God is doing in us. To protect what God is doing in us as new life as a church and individuals, we must stay in the throne room. He's doing something different, church. No matter what it looks like, no matter who is leading worship, no matter if we're having live worship or not, no matter if we have all these labels or titles of what he's doing, even if we don't understand, let's stay in rhythm with him. Amen. So first thing, we must stay in heavenly places. In verse 6, if you want to throw that up there, in Revelation 12, it said, then the woman, uh, <clears throat> the heavenly places, I'm going to help here. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her for 1,260 days. So while staying in heavenly places, you have to learn that there's rest after the birthing. She birthed a child, and then it says she goes to the wilderness. And see, sometimes we think the wilderness is always a bad thing. No, 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 no. Here, listen to this, through this verse. She, she went to a place to, uh, to, be, to go for rest and to be fed for however long it's said for her to be there. After an intense session of birthing, you have to find a way to rest. And I know a lot of times we're like, as parents, we're like, man, dude, what are you talking about? Ain't no resting after you have a child. Like, it's 24-7 up this month. No, no, no. Uh, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear me here. Hear me here. She birthed a child, and then she went to the wilderness where a place that God had for her. What I mean by this is, it's just not by doing nothing, but letting the body rest while thinking upon the goodness of God of what he has done. What the goodness of God of what he's doing here, we may be letting the body rest, but our mind is kept upon him. Think, I want you to think about this question. Think about this. How often do you spiritually debrief after key encounters with God? Just think about that. Just sit there and be like, well, well Pastor Deontay, I don't think I've ever done that in my life. But just think about that. After key moments, how many, uh, how, how many times have you just, just a spiritual debriefed of man? Wow, that's what God did. Listen, I know I feel at this myself sometimes, and 
thank you, my brother Jaden, whoever helped in. I got, the, I got my journal, so that's a moment to help me to debrief on those spiritual moments. When we don't do it, we can often miss something. He gives clarity on what he has deposited in us when we just take a moment and rest. Listen here. In the book of Leviticus, when it talks about childbirth, I mean, you got to understand this was Old Testament there. So uh, there was a lot of uh, graphic that they talked about in that in that scripture there. And so uh, but in the book of Leviticus, it, it mandates that after childbirth, that the woman would have rest, that she would have rest. And uh, 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 it says that, you know. Uh, if she was to bore a child or a, a, a male, that it was supposed to be for like seven days or something like that. If it was a, a, a female child, it was supposed to be longer. That it mandates a time of rest so that the mother and the child could bond as they should. During this moment of what God is doing, we must find this place of rest, but our mind upon him so we can bond with the Lord and what he's doing, church. <laughs> so it shows that we need to enjoy what God is doing. Listen, we must enjoy these testimonies of what God is doing. Healing our sister's eye, healing our sister of, of migraine and stuff. We must enjoy these things because it just doesn't stop there. There's more. We must value it, cherish it, soak it in, cultivate it. Because we're such in this fast food type of hustle culture that we don't take time to reflect on the beautiful things that God has done. Oh, he healed twins. eye. we praise him. We lift up a shout to him. We leave this place and don't think about the goodness because we have to go to the next thing. We must enjoy the beautiful things that God is doing because church, unfortunately, it's not happening everywhere in other churches. We must enjoy these things, even if he didn't do it for you and he did it for someone else. Let's still enjoy the beautiful things because he still has something for you as well. Huh. She gives birth to protect the child. She stays in heavenly places and then the wilderness for rest. It's so interesting because of how she got there. In verse 14, if you want to put this up, Tanner, verse 14. It says, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she may fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time. She got there because God gave her two great wings. <laughs> now, throughout the Bible, you can find many times that eagles represent a prophetic gift because of the vision of the eagle. The ability to see long distances. She had the prophetic awareness to know I can't stay where I am in vulnerability to the enemy. I have to find that place that God has prepared for me in order to nourish, to be nourished by what he's doing. Hmm. Church, we must be aware that this is just not any ordinary moment. But God is doing something holy. In here, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. 
I know the leadership believe it. I want everyone to believe it. He's doing something holy. It's just not, you know, uh, uh, what we've been experiencing and what's been happening over these last few uh, few months of what he's been doing in people and different things. It's, it's just not by any moment, but it's what he is doing in this time for us, church. <laughs> See, like a parable in one sense where the child that needs to be caught up in heavenly places and another maybe like the woman who needs to find rest during this time. In Exodus, if you want to turn there, we'll have it up on the screen. Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to read this. Quite a few scriptures here. Stay with me. Stay with me. But the children of Israel were faithful, were fruitful, and increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. Verse 11. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict uh, them with their burdens and they built for Pharaoh supply cities uh, Pithom and Ramesses but the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied and grew they didn't understand and get the lesson here better leave the people alone that is the people of God they multiplied and grew hold on let me stop right here understand the enemy has that God has given us the tools we need to fight against the enemy Okay, enemy, you want to fight us? Go ahead. New life will multiply and grow. Amen. Okay, I guess a few of us agree with that. Listen, enemy, go ahead and bring it on because we as new life will multiply and grow. Amen. He's given us the tools. It's okay. We can stand and fight. Hmm. Verse 13, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and in mortar and brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they had made them serve was, was with rigor. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shephra, and the name of the other, Pua. Tommy, you get him with that. He's a Jewish scholar. He got me. He can tell you how it's pronounced if I messed up. Verse 16, and he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools of uh, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then uh, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. Say midwives. (laughs) But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. Listen, they could have been killed for disobeying, but understand they feared the Lord more than a, a king. Hmm. We have to have fear of the Lord, church. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. 
Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. And the people, again, multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. Say households. He provided households for them. In verse 22, so Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter shall, uh, you shall save alive. So hear this. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. Uh, I'll be done here soon. So in Revelation, the dragon wanted to devour the child. And in this parable we're, we're telling today, like the child being caught up in heavenly places to stay above the warfare, also the woman giving birth, the church finding a place of rest to reflect on what God is doing and be fed by the hand of the Lord to sustain us through this. And see, understand this. It's not just the woman or the child, but it's also here for us, the midwives, as we read. Say with me here. And what do I mean by this? We are those who are partnering, partnering with the kingdom agenda of God. And God, whatever you're doing here, we want to be a part of it, even if we don't understand it all. It's coming alongside to support for the leading of the Lord for this house. Listen, the Bible says that because the midwives feared the Lord, he provided households for them. And it's not just meaning that some house is like brick or mortar. But it meant that he gave them families of their own. Huh, stay with me here. Because understand this. When you support the process of someone else's birthing, God starts giving you your own word to bring into the earth. Mm. They were willing to play a role. That, they, that may have been painful for them during that season, watching somebody else give birth to something that they wanted. But listen, because they were willing to support the process, God gave them the desires of their heart. <laughs> A way that we can be this, uh, the, the parable of this midwife heel here is not speaking against a work through someone else that you don't understand we have to fear the Lord because if we don't we can suffocate something that God is bringing to the earth and we can't just sit here and think man we understand what God is doing but we're just this little old church here we're just you know we don't have very many members and such with this, this little church understand that we must have the kingdom agenda for he has called us to the city and to do mighty works for him church hmm. back in revelation 12 we talked about the voice of the dragon which one strategy is accusation the other is that it said he opened his mouth to spew water to overflood uh, to overwhelm and flood the woman. Listen, you have to be careful after intense moments of spiritual birthing that natural circumstances doesn't overwhelm you to the degree that you get suffocated under just life itself. Has anyone ever noticed that after uh, just moments of an intense moving of God in your life, like a few days later, 
that the most central, the most simple natural to-dos just seem overwhelming? Anyone be there? Like, it's like you've been in service and you just got lamb blasted with, with God. You've had that ugly cry, ugly snot, and you're just like, man, God has done something in my life. And a few days later, you're just doing a simple to-do things. You're like, I am just overwhelmed. <clears throat> it's like God speaks a promise that is pure and holy. And a couple days later, we ask, how is it going to happen? And then it senses to overwhelm us. What we must do during this time of rest is not necessarily ask God how to quickly. It's all in the right timing. So we have the woman. We have the son. We have the midwife here. And then we have Miriam. In Exodus uh, chapter 2 verse 1 it says this. And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife as wife, a daughter of Levi. So you have a couple of Levites here getting together. And here's the theme when you read about the Levites in the Old Testament, unusual things happen in the earth when you get some Levites together. Huh. They live separated and consecrated as people who ministers to the Lord. They wasn't just to, and when you understand the Levite, the Levites wasn't just to settle for stuff. But the Lord had them an inheritance. See, everyone else did, but their call, the Levites' call was different. They got something better than soil. They got God. When you read about Exodus 2, verse 2, it says, So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, he was a beautiful child, basically like me. She saw me it was like a beautiful child when I was born. She hid him for three months. Again, like Revelation 12, a woman gave birth to a son. And, and then in here, this woman gives birth and hides him for three months. We must, hear me church, we must grow in discernment to understand when God is birthing something through us. So we can protect it, hide it, care for it for a season. Continue on in verse 3. Verse 3 it says, But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes. I don't know if that's how you say that. For him, dubbed it with asphalt and pitched, put the child in it, and laid in the reeds by the river's bank. And verse 4, And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Here, speaking of Miriam, <laughs> Miriam's job was to make sure the baby stayed in the river. That was her job. Anytime he got called in the bank, she would put, push it back in. Anytime the, the, the little, you know, grab whatever, it got caught in, she get it, let me put you back in the river. Let me put you back in the river. Hmm. I'm going somewhere. In other ways, in other, in other ways, to protect what he is doing, church, we must stay in the river of God. Amen. <laughs> That's why we can't let how tired we are determine how far we go in worship. When we come into service and we start the service in worship. I know sometimes we just listen, 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 listen. Hear me. Through my flesh. A few days ago, you know, talk with my wife when she was just like, how much more stuff you got to do and stuff like that. And to hear me through my flesh, I was just straight like, man, 
this was a bad idea to say, oh, yeah, I will preach after having this newborn. And, and you know, we have to go through the timelines of feeding. And, and, re- and then I have to go back to work, but also help. And, and, and these different things of, of life seeming to overwhelm there. But understanding that there was still something I had to do. <laughs> understanding that how tired I was to stay, you know, one of the nights I, 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 was, uh, I was at the table and, I, and I'm, you know, doing some studying stuff. And I'll be honest, it was only like 45 minutes to hour and I come into bed and she was like, you're already done. I was like, I am tired. I'm tired. Like, you know, I'm sitting there kind of typing and then like, I mean, some of you know me, I was just like, I was like, okay, I'm done. It's time. Let's go to bed. Hmm. But understand, even when we come into moments of service, no matter how tired you are, don't let it keep you away from how far you go in worship. We got to stay in the river. During those moments of worship, the river flows. We got to get in it. Don't let the natural circumstances of life, I get it. We have it. We, have, we do overtime. We have kids. We have these things. We have these events. Don't let it keep you from staying in the river. Don't let the natural body dictate your spiritual hunger. Listen, we, as we know, it was Moses who was in this basket. If Moses doesn't stay in the river, he doesn't make it to a place of provision and destiny. He gets, here's the thing, Moses gets to the daughter. She takes him out and names him Moses, for we know that it means to be drawn out. His name is declaration of his identity. The way in which God drew him out of the water is how God would use him for the children of Israel at the Red Sea to use his staff to part the waters. You have to understand the provision of destiny that God has in your life. Because we must understand, we know the great and mighty things that Moses did when you read about his life. But understand that if he wasn't kept in the river, those things doesn't happen. Understand, church, to continue to move forward with this, to be as that midwife. Hey, I know that I'm coming in tired. It may look like summer weary, but during worship, I'm going to press in. I'm going to press in a little harder. I'm going to press in a little deeper because we must stay in the river Hmm. for the destiny that God has placed us here on 79th and South Benton, for the destiny of the stakes that we placed in the four uh, surrounding areas. (laughs) We must stay in the river to see the provision of the destiny of God moving in this community, church. If he doesn't stay in the river, he doesn't make it to his destiny. We must make sure we stay in the river through what he's doing. Ryan, if you want to make your way. Listen to this. You have. Listen to 
We won't go to the scripture, but in Matthew, you have the father of Jesus. You have Joseph here. And he was such a great way to show how to protect the baby. Listen, listen to this. When Mary gets pregnant, Joseph here, and when you read in scripture, he could have rightfully laid with her. Listen to this. But the Bible says he did not know her until the child was born. See, what it was in Joseph was he didn't want to mix the seed of man with the seed of God. If she's carrying something from God, I'm not going to touch it. And see, God started giving him dreams. Go here. Hey, Joseph, in the middle of the night, get up. Take your family here. They're coming after you. Get up. Go here. <laughs> he had to have an ear to hear to constantly protect the child that God had given them. Church, we must have an ear to hear. We must have discernment to protect what God is doing here. I'm telling you, church, I, I just don't keep repeating myself just for no reason, but I want you to understand he's doing something here. Listen, I'll tell you, I would do anything to protect my baby son, my infant child to be born. I would do anything to protect him. Listen, we must protect what God is doing. We know the pastors are off getting refreshed. We must protect what he's doing, church. Whew. We must develop a Joseph mentality and say, God, speak to us in ways so we can protect what he's called us to carry. Let's not miss the significance of what he's doing. Stand with me to your feet.